12-sided stories is for mature audiences and often deals with topics that may be difficult for some listeners. Discretion is advised. In Eversink, the Office of Book Retrieval has librarian agents tasked by the Triskodane to recover overdue books and collect fees. In some cases, offenders must be neutralized by the agents for stealing important tomes. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Bookhound Bounty Hunters. This is our Sword of the Serpentine actual play. I've got some wonderful players with us. Uh, let's start with Farah. Hello, my name is Farah Sarpkaya, and today I'm playing Giovanna Latortura, both she, her. Hey, I'm Michelle Otis, and I will be playing Katja, your local assassin, uh, who I think I'm, I'm kind of seeing as very petite and French. She's awfully cheery for an assassin. Hey, I am Sam. Uh, that's Sam with two M's, and I am playing Tisha Valor, our friendly, eh, yeah, friendly local neighborhood prophet. Tisha uses she, her, I use she, they pronouns. Hi, I'm Candace, also known as Candace Magnificent. I am playing Leo De Silva, who uses they, they, she pronouns, just like I do. Before we start, please consider supporting the show through Patreon or on coffee.com spelled K-O-F-I. Now, on with the show. Okay, Eversink, a huge city that is made out of a bunch of islands that are connected together by canals and large bridges. Every year, the buildings sink down another eight centimeters or so. And over time, full levels of buildings disappear under the swamp water, and they continually build new levels on top. There are tall skyscrapers throughout the entire area. Well, at least Renaissance skyscrapers, probably, you know, five or six stories high. Sometimes some of these buildings just kind of collapse and fall in on themselves. Recently, there was only one public library. It was in Alderhall, and the Triskodane decided that the entire city deserved to have a library near it. So after several years, they finally opened up five locations throughout the city. The only place that does not have its own library is Sag Harbor. Now Sag Harbor is where like the tanners and all the really like heavy industry stuff goes on. So they felt that there was no need for a library there. But they soon found out that books would be taken out and not returned. And that was a problem because replacing books is very difficult to do. The printing press is relatively new. It cost a lot of money to print a new book. So they created the Office of Book Retrieval, or the OBR, as everyone calls it. And the agents of the OBR go around and retrieve books. And if the book is special enough, or holy enough, or dangerous, or whatever, and it's been stolen for maleficent reasons, that person could be assassinated. But most of the time, you all are just charged with getting the book back and getting the fees. The fees are considered a offering to Denari, the goddess who watches over the city and who's the goddess of trade and takes care of the merchants and the people and makes sure everyone is happy. And if she is not happy, the city might sink instantly back into the swamp that it came from. So the four of you have been a part of the OBR for, I, I'd say, at least a year, maybe a year and a half. 
and the new libraries have been going pretty well. Each library has its own special section that kind of goes over what that particular district is like. And you've been tracking down several different books that have been going missing lately. It's gotten worse. All of a sudden, a lot of the religious writings and the heretical writings, anything with magic in it that could cause... See, magic causes damage to the goddess. It can literally destroy part of her essence and cause the city to have great turmoil and buildings fall down and everything like that. So these books are usually kept under lock and key and only people from the church or high officials can check them out. But every once in a while, one of them will go missing. One of them will get checked out by someone who was vouched for by some high noble and then poof, it's gone. So for the past three weeks, you've been tracking down one of these heretical texts it is basically a book on necromancy called The Afterlife. And it talks about how to bring people through the small statues. There's a bunch of funerary statues that litter the streets and are all over the place that are connected to spirits. And this particular book brings people back through those statues and they can possess other people. So if you really want your family member back and you have a unwilling person that you can shove in front of the statue and cast the spell, they will automatically be possessed by your ancestor. Uh, so the church is very keen on getting this particular book back and you four have been put on the mission of finding it. You've tracked it down to an old mill that is in Sag Harbor. It's no longer being used. It's about three in the afternoon. The sun is still up. The air is thick with the smell of industry and seawater and swamp water, because this is where the swamp meets the sea. A lot of the, there's tons of small little islands and people take small rowboats between them. It is not an easy place to traverse. Tisha, you got a vision this morning of this particular location. Now, the way prophecy works is you can get glimpses into places and it's not, here's what the future's gonna be. It's, hey, a clue of where to go next. You're all standing outside of this big warehouse and Tisha, you're pretty sure that the book is inside here, but you're also pretty sure you're being watched. What do you all wanna do? Well. Shit, I don't know. You guys have an idea? Hmm. And like Tisha sits there for a second. It's like overlooking, like thinking in her head. So like the tip I got said that it would be in here, or at least this is what it seemed like. But think we might not be alone. Let's keep a voice down. And um, Leo spins around and tries to kind of assess the situation as best they can, like looking down this alleyway uh, to see if there's any shadows that they can pick up or hear like any kind of gravel moving or something that would give the person away. You look around. I'm going to say that you notice that there is definite movement towards the back of the warehouse as if they are loading up one of these small boats that I spoke of earlier. Remember, these are all really small islands. Sag Harbor 
you know, it's not a place for out of work actors to go. It is uh, <laughs> definitely not taken care of as well as the rest of the districts. So you can tell that they're loading something up behind this warehouse that you just can't see really well. I'd like to kind of sneak over there and stick to the shadows to try and take a look at what they're doing, what they've got. All right, that is a stealth roll. Our first roll of the game. Let me explain Woo! how this goes on. Yay. So what you're doing is you're rolling a six-sided die. You have four points in stealth. You can decide to spend any amount of those points on this particular roll. It's up to you. The normal spend, just so everyone knows, is two. Most people do that because you have to get a four or better. You only get points back the next day. So in game time. So if you go home, go to sleep, you wake up, you have all your points back. All right, I'm going to spend two. Okay. That's a four. Excellent. So two and two. Mm -hmm. That's fine. So you sneak around the back and you see three hooded figures loading up one of these canoes with a bunch of boxes. And you look around the side and it looks like some kind of laboratory almost where there are all these beakers and a bunch of books. And then the book that you've been looking for, because it's this big tome that's got all of these writings down and it was from maybe 200 years ago. So it was all handwritten. It's there on a podium. It looks like it's being studied right now by a really tall man in robes, taller than he should be like eight foot, just standing next to it and leafing through the pages. Does he look like he's doing anything untoward or just like he looks like he should be there? Well, I mean, you all aren't used to seeing people that tall, but he's not casting a spell right at the second, but he does seem very intent on looking through the book and what he's focusing on. Is everybody with me or is everyone still kind of? No, everyone's back. You just went off okay. on your own. So I kind of sneak back and, and let everybody in on what I saw. I don't know if we're going to want to do something like maybe make a diversion, but there's a very tall man, um, arguably excessively so, looking at that book in there. And um, I think I would feel better if, I don't know, we stopped him? On a scale of like 1 to 10, how hot is he? No, I don't know. I didn't spend much time. If you're asking me as a GM... Oh, I was asking, the teacher was asking that in character. Okay. Like on a scale of one to ten. How hot? Well, I'd say. You, you can tell us how hot he is, though. You You're can tell him. You can tell us what. He was in He was in a hooded robe and everything like that, so hotness has to come after reveal. Okay, so not hot. Not hot. Occultist. Who knows? You know what? Now I'm going to make him hot as fuck. <laughs> Villains are always hot. That's just the rule. If villain, why sexy? 100%. <laughs> I'm not sure what you want to do, but I could get my blade wet tonight. We cannot risk him casting a spell. That is just... No. No, no, no. I think um, maybe I can try a poison dart, but maybe not kill him. Only put him to sleep. Yeah. I appreciate the way you think. Gotcha, but a poison dart seems a little bit, you know. I mean, right out of the gate. That's a lot. I was thinking it probably wouldn't have affected him at all. Like, depending on how much poison is in the dart, if he's that tall, you know. But again, you know, this isn't my forte. I'm let y'all handle this. I was just thinking a sleeping potion. Nothing, nothing too violent. Well, for the book that they've stolen, I think a sleeping dart is the least of what they deserve. And, you know, to, uh, to your point, Ms. Valor, I don't think... I'll have a problem relieving him of his uh, power. 
Should your sleeping draft not work, Katya? And if all else fails, well, <laughs> there's always the other option. Everyone roll me a six-sided die and let me know what you get. Oh, no. Three, two, four. Also four. Okay. So those with the four and above, you notice a figure drop down on the roof of the warehouse. What direction? Are they going towards the back or like towards us? They're going towards the back. Oh, that bastard. We have to pounce now. Quite so. Leo looks up with like this lightning in their eyes and they like haul the quietest ass back to where they just were. All the quietest house. Oh my god. Candace, you are amazing. Candace has made my new favorite saying, Hall the quietest house. So are you all going to try to be quiet as you're approaching? Because if we're doing that, we need some stealth rolls for this one. Because Can I ride high off my last stealth roll? Uh, I'd let you ride on the way there and back. Okay, I'll be nice. You can ride off the last. (laughs) It's the cheeks. It's the dimples. I can't say no. (laughs) So I have an eight in stealth, which means I can disappear and pop up wherever and whenever I want to. Oh, that's sick. Incredible. That's the kind of chaos I'm here for. Okay. So where are you going to be going for that then? Like, are you going to go right to the back door? Well, I want to go to where I can get a good shot at this guy. Can I go the other way? Because I am loud as fuck. So if I'm being loud. You're our paladin? Yeah. (laughs) I clank. If I go the other way, they'll notice me and then everyone else can murder (laughs) while I'm distracting them. (laughs) Sure. So you're going to be distraction. You don't need to make a roll for that. You can just be. (laughs) I'm just loud. (laughs) I always imagine paladins with like plates of china all over them as they chain. I carry a teacup on my belt. It's, it's, you know, just in case. (laughs) Just in case. Hey, cats show up and they need a saucer full of milk. You never know. Exactly. I just realized just, I have to roll. I only get that with a successful stealth roll. I'm putting two into it. I rolled a two, so I'm glad I spent my two because that's a four. Okay, so both of you zip around. Giovanna, how are you making a spectacle of yourself? Are you going on like the separate pier over on the side or something? Or I mean, basically, if the back, like where they're loading the boats is... Towards uh, the outwater. Like, t- yeah. yeah, so I'm just going the other way, essentially around the other side of the building. I'm going to wait an extra 15 seconds so that they can get a little further than me, but I will just, I'll just walk, holding my sword in my hand and just be like, stop you ruffians that's our government property that we want to bring back to the, to the library <laughs> shit it's the british <laughs> the british are coming <laughs> we gotta go so you announced this tisha what are you doing are you stealthy or are you going to follow giovanni's lead i'm gonna follow giovanni's lead yeah i think it's like that moment where everybody like splits off and goes their separate direction. And then Tisha's just like, wait, well, what the, f- where am I supposed to go? <laughs> well, stay with the strong. So she's gonna go over and walk with Giovanna, but she has her own idea. Okay. Of a distraction that she could pull. Here's what happens. And then we'll go into more of a initiative kind of situation. We'll just randomly pick someone to go first and then that person picks who goes next, and so on. You can pick the GM, or you can leave me for last. 
sometimes tactically it's not a good idea to leave me for last but that's up to you all okay and i move all my people at one time so here's what's happening and then we'll go into initiative on the roof tisha you see the figure on the top removing a couple of the boards on the roof okay and they seem to be repelling down through the roof the two of you leo and Katya, you get to the side where the boat is being loaded up. The really tall man has turned around and is walking towards the opening to see what all this noise is about. And you see this figure slowly coming through the roof as he's going down towards the book to grab the book to bring it back up. Okay, so that is where we are right now. The first person that gets to go, I'm going to say is Leo, and then Leo will pick the next person. Can I cede my turn to Katya? Yes, absolutely. Because Katya wants to rush in with that dart, and I'd like to grab the book after the guy is down. Like, as he's falling, just go and be like, snatch. Go ahead, Katya. What do you want to do? I'm going to roll Warfare, because I think that's the closest thing, and I'm going to put two. Okay. I rolled a six, so that's an eight. All right, so explain what you do for this attack. What I do is, you know, I've already got my little poison darts ready. I get into position, and as soon as he turns, it's the perfect position for me to fire. And it's rapid fire, like, of several little darts with sleeping potion on them. Okay, so you strike him. He's got a hit threshold of five. So you hit him and he kind of stumbles back a little bit and his hood comes off and he has this huge shark-like head. He's got really thick gray skin with a bit of patch of white around the top of his face. And he quickly looks around and grabs a mace and starts to walk unsteadily towards you with this mace in his hand. So who do you want to go next? I think Leo, but before Leo goes, I just say, oh, Tisha will be very disappointed. So how do, I'm not sure how actions work. Like in my mind, I want to like bum rush this guy since he seems unsteady on his feet and try to like on the way to grabbing the book, like just like try to get him out of the way, like charge him and grab the book. Do you want to hit him or do you want to slide around him to get to the book? Slide around him to get to the book. Okay, so you have dodge, which is because you have eight in athletics. So what this would be is this isn't an attack, it's an athletics roll. And I'm going to say because he's huge, he's taking up a big space and you're going to have to like slide under his legs or around him that this is gonna be a little bit harder of a roll for you to do. Just to kind of give you an idea, I'm gonna say a five instead of a four. So it's a little bit harder. Okay, I'm gonna use three, that's seven. Okay, so tell us the scene, you slide around him, how do you do it? I guess to catch a, you would see this blur of like a shadow, this navy blue cloak kind of like billowing out, like a shorter kind of cape as I run full speed at this guy, but then faint at the last second and kind of spin around on my knees and my hip and then get up in like one smooth motion and yank the book off of it and kind of look up and give a gigantic finger to the person who's coming through the roof as I like step back. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, we have to make a roll about that because it's a contested roll for that, okay? So the person coming through the top 
is going to try to grab it. I'm going to roll for them and then I'm going to tell you what you have to beat. I'll say that you can either use points from stealth or from athletics, okay? Okay. All right, so you need to beat a seven. A seven? I just got a seven. Yeah, I know, but that was for sliding around the person. What a copycat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, what he's copying God, this guy. All right. How many points do you want to spend? I'm going to spend two points of athletics. Okay. What do I have to beat? A seven. No, Wes, don't do this to me. (laughs) (laughs) So you slide around and you go for the book and right then you see Agent Brad slide down, grab the book and go, thank you so much, and then zip back up. What are you doing? We're supposed to work together. (laughs) That was our bounty, asshole. Leo, who do you want to go next now that you failed to get the book? I mean, I guess since Giovanna's like making all kinds of pots and pans noises in the alley, <laughs> she should go next. <laughs> oh, God, what a jerk. All right, I guess I'll go help my comrades then. I will enter <laughs> stage right uh, with my pots and pans. <laughs> At this point, the shark like creature is towards the front when you get there. So he's right on top of. Katya. Uh, and the other three, are they doing anything or do they seem... They're in the boat. They're they're rowing away. They're trying to row away. They're out of there. They want to be gone. Mm, okay. So you have to pick who you want to go after. You can go after either one. I think Katya has that under control. I trust Katya to take care of him. So I will go after the boat if I can. Is there nearby, whether it's a small anchor or a hook or something that I can like lasso the boat and yank him back? Absolutely. Whatever you want it to be, just tell me what you want to give a try and we'll do a roll for it. Beautiful. So at the back dock, hanging somewhere probably is one of those hooks that they hang seafood on, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the big hefty iron hooks. So I will take that, make sure there's a rope attached and just throw so that I can hook the boat and pull. Okay. Assuming they're not a mile away. No, no, I'm going to give you an opportunity to capture them. I'm going to say this is an athletics move. I'm going to say that it's a four. Okay, I, I'll, I'll go for three. You want to use three? Just in case. I don't want them getting away. I rolled a six. So. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you get points back. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> okay. So you lasso and and hit with the hook and you start pulling them back in and they're freaking out and trying to move. (laughs) What do you want to do once you pull this in? Oh, I'm jumping in the boat. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And taking care of them. Okay. So let's get back to that. That'll be next round, let's say, because that's a lot to go over. Tisha, what do you want to do? You're seeing this whole thing happen. You see Agent Brad is on top of the roof. He's about to get the fuck out of there. You see all this stuff going on. What what would you like to do? Okay, so Brad's up top, Sharkman's running, and other two goons are currently being dealt with. Correct. Does Sharkman look malicious or does he look like he's knocked, like getting ready to fall out? He looks like he's drugged. He is not walking straight and is kind of dragging that mace a bit. But he also is an eight foot tall were shark. So he's uh, still still a threat. Okay. That's a problem bigger than me. Me? No. No. I squished. 
I don't like that. So I'm gonna leave that for other people. That fucker up on the roof though. Brad's connected. Agent Brad's can like the, he has a rope or he's like kind of like free running. He has he connected a rope and he's about to free run away. Perfect. I'm just gonna look up and be like just like whistle at Brad and uh-huh. be like woo and flash him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't need a preparedness roll for that, I guess. Um, We're making good choices tonight. <laughs> yeah, I want it, my goal oh, is to yeah. distract him enough so he loses his footing and falls falls off. off. <laughs> Mine's to be a Porky's or something. <laughs> Listen, we're getting the job done. Yeah, well, you have sway. I think this is a sway attack. Absolutely. Um, the gravitas also... of your bosom. I love it. <laughs> Heaving bosom. <laughs> I'm going to use three of my sway points just to be safe. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Uh, I rolled a four, so that makes it a seven. Wow, nice. Okay. So he is distracted and he makes his athletics roll so he doesn't fall off, but he is stunned and kind of just staring, which gives Leo time to do something. So, Leo, what do you want to do? I mean, if he's distracted, I want to just kind of like scoop it out of his hand. Okay, so you're going to climb up and grab it from him? Yeah. Okay. Give me an athletics roll. It's just a four to climb up. And then give me a, let's see, the warfare roll. And again, it's just a four. Okay, so you have to beat two fours. Okay. I'm going to spend, I have to say how much I'm going to spend before I roll, don't I? Correct. What a bummer. <laughs> They'd make it a really like easy game to nerf if it was the other way. <laughs> um, okay, I'll spend... I feel like we're so early in the game, I can't just like spend all my points. So there's two moves. The athletics is to jump up there, and then the warfare is to get it, to get the thing. To climb up the side, yeah, and to grab it away from them and do what you need to do. All right, I'm using three for both. Okay. Big money. Four okay. <laughs> to climb up there. Wow, that would have been funny. Oh my God. <laughs> Half the barn, half the warehouse falls off. And then I said I was spending three. That's six to snatch it from him. Tell me how you snatch it away. So I go up there and I kind of shimmy up like I see him coming. And I'm I'm really, really upset. (laughs) I see Tisha with their like blouse up and I run past. Tits are still out. I run past and I like, for a split second, I like look over my shoulder and kind of bump into the wall a little bit and then like start scaling the wall. Um, I'm not supposed to surprise everybody. (laughs) I'm good. I recovered. I had a little, a moment, but I climb up there and you can kind of like see me scurrying, just scaling the side of the building. Like I am just on 11 at this point and I get up to where he is. And as he's kind of standing there, kind of like mouth agape, I swat my hand in between his hands so that the book falls into my outstretched hand underneath. And I kind of spin and try to make my way back down as quickly as possible so he can't follow me. And over my shoulder, I'm like, testa de merda. (laughs) He's stunned at this point. I'm not going to make you roll to get down from here, though. Last time I forgot to make moves for the other guys and the shark guy. So I will go next for now. The shark guy starts lifting up his mace 
And he says to Katya, I was going to pay my bill when I got back from this weekend. It's only a few weeks late. And he swings straight at your head. Do you have dodge? Yes, I do. Okay, so you're going to want to make your dodge. He got an eight for his to hit. I'm going to spend three. Rolled a three, so that's a total of six. So I do not dodge. So he hits you really hard and you fly back a few feet into the water because you're on this little pier thing. You take three points of damage, so three points of health. And then the guys on the boat are going to try to push you off the boat, Giovanna. Bring it on. Oh, Jesus. No, (laughs) I rolled a one. They're pushing at you like wet lint. Since Giovanna was just attacked, what do you want to do? I would like to dispatch these thieves. Okay. There is no mercy in the retrieval of literature. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to take out my sword and take care of business. All right. So you're going to use warfare? Yes. So you have to beat a four. I'll spend two because it would be very embarrassing if Shiafana did not succeed at this. And that's a two, so four. (laughs) So you swing and you're using a sword. So you want to roll a D6 and add two points to it. That was a one, so that's three. (laughs) So you slash one of them and they let out this hideous like yell, like, ah! And uh, the other one starts backing away and jumps in the water and just starts swimming, afraid of getting near you. Who do you want to pick to go next? I just would like to note that Giovanna says to the one remaining, looks like your friend is trying to book it. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not God, I'm a sucker for a good pun. <laughs> this was uh, the first episode of Bookhound Bounty Hunters. We really appreciate all of you listening. Not just kidding. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Giovanna, you do book it, you get the free pizza. <laughs> so this is what you get when you got me. I'm sorry. Candace no, no, I'm fine. You. I'm usually the one people are like, oh, God, Wes, please stop. Deep cut. <laughs> I would like Leo to go next as they are escaping with the book. Okay. You hear footsteps behind you. Very quick footsteps, Leo. No, I will not be caught. (laughs) I will not be caught. Is anybody near me or am I just alone with whoever's behind me? You're alone. You're running along the canals of Sag Harbor at this point, away from the uh, the warehouse, and you hear him following. Yeah, no, I, I haul ass. I try to haul ass all the way back to our headquarters. Okay. <laughs> like, I go. Like, I, I know that my people will be safe. They are together. I heard the sound of uh, Giovanna's mighty swordsmanship, so I'm not concerned about any of them. I'm just like, if I do not make it back with this book, everyone will be mad at me. So... And you know that Giovanna probably did more damage with the pun that she said afterwards. Yes, correct. You know that that is just part of the character. It's a shame that Brad didn't hear it because I could have gotten a head start. (laughs) She's like plus three to her sway. Um, (laughs) All right. So, yeah, you hear these feet coming up behind you. This is definitely an athletics roll. I'm going to roll and tell you how much he's going to spend, and then you have to beat that amount, okay? He's got all kinds of athletics left over, guys. Six. This does not look good for Homestar Runner. He's not doing good either. Okay, so I'm trying to kind of run through these canals and I'm pulling down 
boxes and stuff as I'm going by, and there's a cart of cabbages that I just try to kick the stopper off of so that it rolls forward and they all go all over the floor. Okay, I really love this visual. <laughs> right. All right, so give me a roll. Three points to get away from this jerk. <laughs> <laughs> what do I have to beat? Seven. <sighs> I got a six. Okay, so you pull down this lettuce cart. All of these lettuce heads go everywhere. He jumps up, hits one foot on the lettuce and flicks his foot back to propel himself forward. He knocks you down, grabs the book out of your hand and you're just, you're on the ground. And he looks and he goes, better luck next time. And he just disappears. I swear to fucking God, one day I'll take his fucking hand. <laughs> and I just kind of like slap the puddle that he's knocked me in. Okay. And the cart owner comes out and goes, my cabbages. What'd you, my cabbages, what'd you do? My God, it's gonna cost, take me so long to repair this Sag Harbor. You know how hard it is to get cabbages in Sag Harbor. I'm so sorry, let, let me let me assist you. And I get down and I, I start trying to kind of like pick up all his produce and calm him down and reassure him. You're picking it up and he's looking at someone because I can still sell these, right? It's not, I think it's okay, we're gonna be fine. He puts a couple of them in the swamp water and cleans them off a little bit and puts them in the cart. No one will notice, it's extra, it's extra nourishment, you know? It makes you hardy and strong to have all those, you know, introduce the bacteria, introduce to your body, yes. Right, yes, you got to be sick to be well. Yeah, that's what we're gonna say. That's true. Yes, it's 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 our little secrets. Please uh, don't tell the mother that, that I was here. Oh, no, no problem, no problem. So you help him out and we'll flash back over. I believe at this point we should go to poor Katya, who's in the water. Katya, what do you want to do? I want to get myself out of the water and I'm going to say, you stupid, stupid man. Just for that, your fine is double. And I throw some daggers at him. All right, so do a warfare roll. I'll spend three. Okay, a four to hit him. And I got a four total. Okay. <laughs> so roll a, roll a d6, and with a d6, it's a, it's a plus one for that one. Okay, so I rolled a five, so a six. You hit him in the side and he lets out this gasp of air and the, his gills open up real big and then he falls down and he's not dead, but he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And I walk up and I put my foot on where his neck should be. And I'm like, pay up you stupid shock man. I will, uh, I, the money's in, in the, it's in here. Uh, you can take whatever you want. Just get off my gills, lady. I grab his whole purse and I walk away cussing in French. <laughs> Katya's metal as hell. I love this. <laughs> uh, Giovanna, what are you doing? We'll go back to you since you're in combat. So I have two at sword point and one is swimming away. Correct. Do they seem as if they are trying to fight back? They're scrambling to the back of the boat. We didn't know, we were just hired. We're here for the day. In that case, perhaps you'd like to return to the land quickly now. Okay, yes, yes, I I, I will. Starts rowing you back to the, the land. <laughs> I, much like in every ship movie ever, stand at the front of the ship as they row us back. Are you Captain Morganing it with your foot yeah. on top of the- Absolutely, <laughs> and I step off uh, like Captain Jack onto the dock and gesture for them to disembark if you would, wouldn't mind. 
Yes, they, they get out. All right. Now we're going to say all of you get back together. You've collected the money. The book is gone. And you really don't arrest these people. They either pay up or they get what they got. So you, at this point, would probably head back to Iron Cross, which is the district where your headquarters is. But before you head back, do you want to have a little conversation about how this all went? You notice that Leo comes back without a book in her hand. Seeing this, Giovanna walks up to Leo and puts a hand on their shoulder and says, That bastard doesn't know how to play fair. You tried your best, I assume. You see Leo just kind of shake their head. Her face is very drawn and their eyes are very narrow. Like they are not happy at all. I did what I could, but... Ah, Brad. Something must be done. He is a menace. I can't live like this. I can't work like this. I am a person of honor. You see me. You see how I stand. They do this like very kind of chest puffed up, shoulders back. Leo is about 5'9", deep brown skin, kinky curly hair that they have up in like a little pompadour in the front and then tied back into like a ponytail with a like a silk ribbon that kind of flows down their back. They're outfitted in brown kind of light flexible leather armor and their outfit is very like blue reds and golds but their cloak is like a really deep dark navy and their shirt is like a really nice like white puffy shirt that like laces up the front and you can see it's all splashed with mud like they look disgusting their hair is a mess and they're just like kind of gesture to themselves i can't i cannot live like this i cannot work like this um i'm, I'm sure you did the best you could hmm. and out of like nowhere you don't know where tisha pulled a pipe but she's smoking a pipe right now and like reaches in her side satchel and pulls out this massive flask. Don't ask how a flask that big fits in their little satchel. It just is. And <laughs> passes it to you, like unscrews the top. Hmm. Leo grabs the flask and you see them just kind of like slug it back. The flask is tipped upside down for a little too long. And then like they finally finish. <sighs> oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, but still hmm it's going to take me a lot to get over this one honestly saying that i tried my hardest it 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 basically says that i can't try any harder and he's always going to beat me and that is not the case he is not always going to beat me he will not best me next time and you see them they're like doing these really like expressive hand motions just pacing back and forth like they look like they could worn like treads (laughs) under their feet in the stone they're like so cheesed off yeah they're mad i'm pretty offended he wasn't even distracted by my tits like at all like it only made him stumble just a little bit and i don't know how i feel about that it's a grievous Uh, insult that is a crime but thank you katja my tits are enough to stop traffic i don't listen they are i myself was almost stymied i saw that thank you you made me feel a little bit better (laughs) about it (laughs) he must be stopped i wonder how did he know where we were How did he know where the book was? I'd love to know. That's supposed to be our bounty. I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. I could throw him pretty damn far. You hear, like, the opening of the flask in the back. Tisha takes another super long swig and then flutters into one of her faints. (laughs) Oh. I try to catch her before she, like, hits the ground. How many points do you want to spend to try to look at this? (laughs) see how possibly Agent Brad was able to... I want to use my prophecy. Right. Okay. Okay. I think, if anything, I want to see 
how he knew where we were going to be. And I'd like to see where he went. <laughs> well, you know where did. he went without even the prophecy. He went straight back to the guild hall to turn in the book and get credit for the bounty because that's how he makes his, his money. But he started following you all this morning and it seems like he's been close by just watching what you're doing, which means that he probably had an idea of the bounty you were going after somehow. Fortunately, your prophecy won't tell you that, but it will tell you that he was basically following you and waiting for you to get to whatever the last location was before making a move. Uh, I did it again, didn't I? We. Oui. Uh, sorry. Are you, are you okay? Following us. I don't know. I just felt weird all day about it. Like... He is nothing but a poacher. Skulking around in the canals waiting for us to strike. How little does he know we strike back? So I do have one quick question before you leave this particular area, though. This guy who's a shark thing is obviously using sorcery, and that's a big no-no of the church. So how are you going to deal with him? Are you going to turn him over to the authorities? Are you going to just... Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. So Not me. <laughs> you, you bind him up, you take him to a local city watch guy, and I'm going to say that you head back, right? You're heading back to the guild hall. Would we have had the chance to just triple check that there weren't other magic books? Because clearly he's a user. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There are some other magic books in there, other spell books that you can definitely grab and take if you like. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Now, a lot of these books end up getting just put in a special area. They don't like destroying knowledge. They just don't like using magic inside the confines of Eversink. It's effect on the goddess. Also, Candace, in my head, Giovanna's very, like, Brienne of Tarth tall. Mm, mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So you're, like, puffing out your chest, and she's just like, <laughs> there, there. Sweet baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Katja's like probably maybe five feet tall, very slight, you know, but she can get in and out of places very quickly. <laughs> well, head back. You're in Iron Cross, which is where all the government buildings are, all the banks and everything else, all the business happens in Iron Cross. And the streets are full of like merchants going to, you know, whatever building they need to be at, priests walking around and conducting business. Denari is definitely a goddess of business, and this is a very important place to her. Uh, the Triskadane actually reside here and give out their edicts every once in a while. And you make it back to the library. Now, the libraries are based on whatever precious metal that they're named after. So uh, there's the platinum, there's gold, there's silver, there's copper, and then there's brass. Brass is in like the tangle. And they absolutely denote these, you know, the richness of the area. This particular one is gold. So it's the second highest one. And it's a huge building with 
tons of books, probably about three or four stories of just nothing but books around, large areas for people to sit and read, tables for people to do work and all of that. And in the very back are these big staircases that go up into the offices and Mother Biblia is standing there waiting for you uh, about halfway down these stairs with a stern look on her face. And she just motions for you all to come near. Giovanna is absolutely first and very like pin straight, almost like militaristic, if you will. Um, And she does kind of a, whatever the formal greeting is, whether that's a kind of a bow at the waist sort of situation, a salute, um, and then kind of stands at attention in, in front of her. Okay. I would say Leo is probably third from the back. If Tisha is fourth, Leo is third. Also shoulders kind of squared, mostly proud stance, but eyes kind of askew, not quite wanting to look the mother in the face. She goes, let's go into the office, turns around and starts to walk up. Now, Mother Biblia is a tall woman, probably five foot 11, six foot with uh, curvy, I'd say curvy. And she's like 65 years old, really white hair that's short and... She's got olive skin and green eyes, and she has been the head of the library since they started the first library 20 or 30 years ago. And you follow her into this beautiful office with this big oak table, desk, and all of these books surrounding, and her huge wolf hound is sitting in the corner chewing on a bone, and you're wondering whether it's a femur. And you sit down and she's usually in black leather outfit that makes her look like an assassin. Most of her body is covered except for obviously her neck and her face. But if she put on a hood, you'd probably run. So all of you sit down at the chairs that are in front of her desk. The desk is set up so that it's actually up a little bit higher than where you all are sitting. So she's looking down at you and she goes, I thought I put you all on the afterlife necromancy book. Did I not? I just got it back from Agent Brad. Good madre, we did our best. I led the team up the wall. Giovanna led the team to collect some other, some other finds. And you can hear them kind of like trying to clear their voice and just hold it together. Tisha, Tisha was a professional as always. And Katja, no one has my back like Katja. But then this man comes crashing through, unexpected, out of the bulwark. No one knows where he's coming, why he's there. He takes the book from me. I chase him down. He tries to catch up with me. He was like a hound on my heels. Madre, I can't, I cannot work like this. I am a professional, you know that, and I do not feel very professional right now. And finally, it kind of like turns their gaze up to look in Mother Biblia's eyes. And she says, you cannot make excuses when it comes to Agent Brad. You must outdo him. I know it's difficult, but you can do it. There's nothing to prevent him from taking our bounties. There's nothing preventing you from breaking his legs. Well, (laughs) you never cease to surprise me, Madre. Look. You know the rules are simple. Whoever brings the book back is the one that gets the bounty. Beyond what you need to do as a team to make sure that you keep your financial blessings coming in is your call. If Brad is so fast on his feet, maybe you should 
take them from him. That's what I said. You are all dismissed. Think about what I've said. And good luck next time. Oh, Mazel, before we go, Brad forgot something very important. And I put the coins on her desk, the bag, and I say, and there's a little extra in there for Denari. She looks at the bag and she goes, this is interesting. Thank you. You know, he gave me a bag of money and said it was the fees. Liar. Of course he's a liar. Oh, that man. We're going to knock him on his ass next time, Mom. Sorry. Well, <laughs> just make sure you come back with a book soon, okay? Yes, ma'am. No matter what. Anyway. All right. And that's where we're going to end this first episode. Thank you all so much <laughs> for playing. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Where can we find all of our wonderful cast? Let's start with Candace. Hello, my name is Candace, also known as Candace Magnificent. Uh, you can find me at that Candace girl, C A N D A C E, on Twitter, as well as at Candace the Magnificent on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, and pretty much everywhere else. Um, keep in touch with me if you would like to hear more of my voice or see more of my TTRPG stuff. Hey, hey, everyone. I'm Sam. That's Sam with two M's, like an immaculate, just like uh, this game has been. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lust for Life, L-U-S-T-T-F-O-R-L-I-F-E-E-X. Uh, and that is where you will stay most up to date with all of the APs and stuff that I consistently am doing all the time because my brain never stops running. I've been Farah Sarkaya. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram as Farah Kaya, F-A-R-R-A-H-K-A-Y-A. And you can catch me on Crossroads Games as well, where you will see me in a lot of other TTRPGs and other cool stuff. Hey, I'm Michelle, and you can find me on Twitter at Mishulu. That's M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. You can find my music and Wes's amazing sound effects if you subscribe to the Plate Mail Games catalog through BattleBards. And I am Wes Otis. You can find me for now at Plate Mail Games on Twitter, whether or not that will remain so. Who knows? Every day is a new adventure. If you want to find us, the best thing to do, you know, I usually say go to Twitter or go to Instagram, but really the best thing to do is go to our Discord. Go to uh, www.12sidestories.com, all one word and join our Discord, and that way you won't lose us and you'll get uh, updates and everything else. It's a good place to hang out. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter while it's still up, uh, you can go over to at 12 Sided Stories, the number 12 and then Sided Stories. All of our links are on the website. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to the cast for playing. And we will see you all next week for more Bookhound Bounty Hunters. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.